Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Hey guys, so before we get started, just want to mention that the PCOS Online Breakthrough Crash Course is finally live. So this is your step-by-step guide to healing PCOS naturally. We go through understanding PCOS and really addressing the root imbalances and core issues that we need to focus on when healing PCOS. So this is done through video, audio, lessons, as well as PDFs and guides. You have a ton of recipes in there and different support uh, resources. It's lifetime access, so usually it's about eight weeks long, but it's self-paced, so you can go at your own pace. You can come back to it, check out the resources when you need it. So super, super helpful. You also have lifetime access to the private community. You can ask questions, I will hop in there, um, and then also interact with the other girls in the course. So this is really about addressing what's going on at the root cause and not just applying a band-aid or a quick fix. As you probably know by now, I'm not about that. Um, That doesn't really give you long-term success or results. So I'm really about addressing what's going on and understanding it and then applying the different lifestyle and nutrition techniques into your own life so that it can work for you and really address the core issues. So if you're interested, check out the sales page. The curriculum is on there so you can check it out if it might be for you. If you have any questions, definitely let me know. I'm happy to answer and support you. Otherwise, check out um, the page through the show notes. And um, yeah, I'm super excited for all the girls enrolling. So I think it's gonna be really, really helpful for anyone who is feeling stuck or who doesn't really know where to start with PCOS or what they really need to address uh, to go the natural route. So let's get started for this episode. Super excited to welcome Megan on the podcast. Uh, Let's get it started. Hello, Megan, and welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm not going to get too much into uh, like what you do and all of that. I think um, it would be great for you to just start off and get into your story. So why did you become a nutritionist? Where did you start off? Um, Were you always interested in this? Um, What's your whole story? Yeah, sure. I love how you ask if uh, I have always been into nutrition because I think that's kind of the way it is, but I will uh, start from the beginning and let you know. So I'm Megan, founder of Slim Nutrition Coaching and co-founder of West Coast Nutritionists. So my story with nutrition actually started many years ago, um, probably send it all the way back to when I was in grade nine. Um, but even, even before that, um, you should know that food is in my blood. Both my parents are chefs and I actually grew up living at the restaurant that they ran together. So I've always been around food, but nutrition part really came in, I think in grade nine. Um, and maybe some people also had to do this project, but we were supposed to pick two different careers and kind of compare them and decide what we were going to do with the rest of our lives, even though we were only you know, 14 years old. Um, so the two careers that I chose uh, to research were registered nurse and registered dietitian. So from that point on, I was going to be a dietitian. Uh, strangely enough, this is also the same career path that my mom uh, had intended to study before she found um, cooking and that she would much preferred to be a chef. Um, so if you're familiar with my story already, uh, you'll know that becoming a dietitian didn't work out as I had planned. 
Um, I had not exactly stellar grades and this prevented me from getting one of the 30 spots that they have in this program in BC. So after being told that my, my resume and my demeanor are excellent for the program, but that there was no way I could get my average up high enough to even be considered, I was discouraged um, to say the least. But I decided to go forward with the opportunity um, that I already had studying nutrition at university to um, have a slightly more diverse education than someone coming out of that program. So um, I continued to learn about health psychology and the biology of how people and plants have interacted over time, how the health system interacts with some of our most vulnerable populations. And in the end, I do feel like I got a very uh, well-rounded science degree in nutrition. Um, that being said, university ended and I was lucky enough to leave university with a job. So I'd been working part-time, which, um, sorry, while I was studying. And my part-time job had given me opportunities for more hours and growth within the company. At the time, I was really excited about everything I was learning and uh, felt like I was much more suited for working uh, the working world than academia. So I'm probably what you would consider um, more street smart than book smart. So working in a big operation um, made a lot more sense to me. And uh, I should mention also that at the time, a lot of people I studied with and my friends from classes couldn't find jobs related to nutrition or food at all. So I was pretty grateful for the opportunity um, that I had. Um, and from there, a lot, a lot has changed. So that was about six years ago now. So um, I did settle into the routine of my corporate job, which I still have, but I eh, probably four years in decided that something was missing I wasn't um, pursuing my nutrition desires to the fullest potential. You know, I had gone to nutrition school because I wanted to help people. And I was mostly sitting behind a desk um, in that corporate job. So that's, that's when I started um, Slim Nutrition Coaching. Um, and I, I should mention, whoops, I forgot this part, but I'd taken quite a few um, courses on weight loss and whenever the opportunity came up to uh, choose our own research topic. Mine was always weight loss. It wasn't really until I went through my own weight loss journey and um, changed some things in my life. I don't even feel like it was that drastic, which is my favorite part. Um, but I did lose 25 pounds in a way that I felt really proud of. And that's when I decided that I was ready to kind of share my pers personal experience and my nutrition knowledge with others. Um, and further through that, you know, I, how long was I running Slim Nutrition Coaching for? Probably a year and a half. And that's when I met uh, two other nutritionists actually through Instagram. So Talita and Mariana. And we found that, you know, it's great to run your own nutrition business, but there are a lot of benefits to working with other people. Uh, and we decided we would just make, um, you know, an accountability group so that we could help our clients um, by using knowledge from three different nutritionists instead of one. So we did that for a while, running our own practices. And from there, we decided to 
uh, actually work together. And that's when we started West Coast Nutritionists, where we offer um, online courses. So it's a little bit different than what I do through Slim Nutrition Coaching, which is mostly um, one-on-one coaching. Wow. So pretty cool story. (laughs) I mean, for me, I find it pretty rare that somebody knows from the get-go what they want to do. You're probably one of the first um, guests, actually, who started out with food and you know, is still doing it. So I think that's really interesting and that you come from a background of that too. So that's really cool. Um, And then you said that you did have some struggles with weight loss. Was that kind of the catalyst going into that? Or did you always just find it interesting? Um, How did your kind of interest in weight loss come about? Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't say that I always struggled with weight loss um, or with my weight or anything like that. Honestly, I grew up in a household where we we didn't have a scale. My mom never talked about her weight. Um, There were never any kind of restrictions at the table or anybody forced to finish their plate or anything like that. I really did grow up in a household, at least, without diet culture at all, which I, I think is actually quite rare um, for people in our generation and probably the generation before. Um, And so I honestly was pretty naive going into it um, or going out into the world and seeing how other people had grown up, particularly girls and women and what they had experienced either through um, what they had on the table, what their moms would talk about and what they saw um, at different kind of group activities. Um, so one of the first real eye openers that I had was a nannying job. Um, I think my first, first summer back from university, um, which was great. I had a nannying job. I was happy to be working and bringing in a little bit of extra money. So I was working with these two girls, one five and one seven and nannying can be pretty intimate. You know, you're in their house, you're seeing every, all their kind of personal business And the thing that stood out to me the most was um, they had this closet under the stairs as like a kind of pantry storage. And the shelves were just full of every single diet meal service of the, what was it, 2000s, probably the 90s as well. So I don't know, Lean Cuisine and uh, Jenny Craig. I'm not super familiar with all of them, but it was quite surprising to me at the time because it was the first real thing like that that I'd seen from somebody who who I did know Um, and what really got me thinking was the experience that these um, girls young girls were having growing up with their mom who was desperately trying to lose weight through all sorts of means at the time she was actually on the Dr. Bernstein diet and commuting by ferry into the city to get vitamin shots to make up for a very inadequate diet that was prescribed through um, this program that she was on um, and like an extreme kind of exercise regime that she was doing, which, you know, she'd go for runs after not having eaten anything and her girls would go with her. And that really just got me thinking about what kind of impact moms have on the people around them and as adults the impact that we have on 
the people who are around us and how just, I don't know, kids are like little sponges and you don't even realize how much they are learning or how much they're hearing of what, what we say and what we do. And so when I started Slim Nutrition Coaching, that was a big part of it was that I wanted to help moms for the next generation. So on a kind of larger scale, uh, being kind of a dreamer, I guess, to um, abolish this kind of diet culture that is being passed down from generation to generation. I love it. I love your mission. That's a really good one to have. Um, and I think it's really needed nowadays, especially. But for you, why, in your opinion, are we seeing this increasing rate of obesity going on, especially in North America? Ugh, this is so challenging. <laughs> it's a really hard question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's definitely like more than one factor, but like, what would you say would be like the top reasons in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think there are a lot of things. Um, that are going into this and um, some assumptions that can be made like from an outside perspective would quite a few, like a less active population, people being more stressed, having more access to highly uh, dense foods, living in a culture of excess for both food and drink. Um, And the one that really bothers me the most is very strategic and deceiving marketing messages from both the food industry and the diet industry. So, yep. Those would so. definitely be, yeah, uh-huh. well, yeah, those are big ones. But what about stubborn weight loss? I know specifically with women and hormonal imbalances, we're just seeing a lot of women coming to either myself or just in general talking about how it's so hard to lose the stubborn weight, whether it's the belly fat or just the excess pounds, and even if they're exercising or dieting, especially compared to men, they just cannot seem to lose the weight. So what do you say about, what do you have to say about that? Yeah. um, And having worked with women, I think a big, and this has nothing to do with nutrition, but women are so often putting others ahead of themselves um, that I, I find that can be a huge struggle is because they want to help everyone else before they help themselves. And sometimes it can lead to us, uh, like women starting a little bit later than a man might've started. Um, that being said, it's probably not the only thing. And I do listen to um, a really super smart um, weight management and obesity researcher. He was um, put this webinar on recently. Uh, his name is Dr. Aria Sharma. He's from Edmonton, but, Uh, he talks about obesity as a chronic disease. So once you have it, it can't just go away like a bacteria with a antibiotic or a magic pill. Um, And that our, our body is constantly working to maintain what it considers to be our normal and that that normal can be a large number on the scale. Um, And that we're constantly kind of fighting against our body to get away from that number. Um, it wasn't a super uplifting webinar, which was yeah. um, kind of disappointing. I was hoping at the end they'd be like, oh, well, you know, just X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. But I, I do find that for the clients that I work with and what worked for me is figuring out what it is that you can do like for the rest of your life, something that's not super major, but constant 
And you also have to choose something that is frequent enough in your life. You know, like if you say, I'm going to eat healthy at Christmas dinner and it's going to help me lose weight. I mean, that's great and it will help, but that's only once a year. Um, so you need to pick something that is um, happening more often. And that's why I think that nutrition is a really great um, tool to help with weight loss because we need to eat regardless and we need to eat a few times a day. And so we have quite a few opportunities to make change, even if it's something small, it does add up over time. And I think that's where we get the sustainable long-term weight loss. And so of course I want to address nutrition. So how does that fit into weight loss? Because I think a lot of us think that it's just about expending more calories out and working out enough and just kind of restricting, but how does nutrition specifically what we're eating affect weight loss um, specifically? Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of great things about nutrition and tricks that we use um, to have our body feel full when we're eating not a super high amount of calories. So, you know, making sure that we're getting fiber, um, which also helps regulate some other bodily processes, which um, can be very important or definitely are important. Um, I've never been a huge fan of the just burn a ton of calories exercising strategy because, well, it, I tried it. It didn't work for me. Um, yeah, I don't see it working very often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also like not a huge fan of working out. So I was like forcing myself to go, not enjoying any of yeah, it. Yeah, like on the treadmill, that was like the worst thing for me. Yeah, I'm on the treadmill and I'm like, okay, well, at least I can watch this stupid TV show yeah. while I'm here. <laughs> And I'm not even getting results. So it's like a double, double negative. Mm -hmm. At least if I'm doing something that I enjoy and I'm not getting results, I'm still having fun exactly. or whatever it is, uh, which I think helps people stay motivated too, yeah, which is important because sure. uh, it's not a short-term thing. It's kind of like a, it's a marathon. So you have to enjoy parts of it at least. Totally agree. So how, what do we really need to understand about weight loss uh, when it comes to that? Because I think a lot of people think that it's just enough to restrict and over-exercise, but why, why does this fail? I just don't think it's sustainable. Um, I mean, if like there's food is so much more than just nutrition. It's social, it is educational, it's cultural. Um, and so I always like I've had a few experiences with people on diets and they end up kind of isolating themselves from friends because they can't go out and eat at the same restaurant you want to, or when you're hanging out and they can't have a glass of wine. So they just don't come out at all. Um, and I don't find that very healthy for our, our psyche. Um, and I don't know the whole in what am I trying to say? Not finding something that's not sustainable is that people burn out um, and then often revert back to whatever they were doing before. So they're not even learning anything. Um, and that's the part I love the most about being a nutritionist and working with people one-on-one -on -one is that I actually get to share uh, why, why it makes a difference. You know, why do we choose to have foods that are high in fiber 
It's because, you know, it helps us feel full for longer. And why do we need to make sure we get protein consistently throughout the day? Oh, you know, it helps us with, again, feeling full, which is a huge part of weight loss. Um, But it's also important for our blood sugars and making sure that we're not getting all of our calories from Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I've been there and so have other people. And I think that's even more important for women's health because if we're restricting, then it kind of puts our body in this emergency state or a famine state. And as you know, um, when we are in that state, the the female body is going to feel threatened and then we can you kind of rev down metabolism, et cetera. Um, hormones can be out of whack and that falls into the hormonal imbalances and weight gain as well. So I think for women even more so, I know there's a lot of women who restrict themselves so much, but it really does backfire. And I totally agree. It's not something that can be sustainable uh, because who just wants to go on those weight loss programs for the rest of their lives. Um, you know, it's not really fun. We really need to find something that works for you. So totally agree. So how do you address specifically weight loss with your clients? Do you have like different steps that you take specifically, like specific imbalances that you look at? Or do you kind of start with a similar things? Or is it totally different in regards to each person? Obviously, as a holistic nutritionist, we focus on individuality, but what do you usually address in weight loss um, overall for weight loss cases? Yeah. um, One lovely thing about getting to work with people one-on-one is that I can customize everything um, that I do. So even if it's, you know, a young mom that I'm working through uh, slim nutrition coaching with or a soon-to-be bride, West Coast nutritionists, it's all about building, building the relationship, really getting to know these women and what, what's important to them and what can they manage in that, in that moment. And then focusing on small sustainable changes. And one of my favorite parts is celebrating the wins, even if it's something small, it's still something more than, um, than we had last week or whatever it might be. So Um, We always look at what people are currently doing in their lifestyle and then making adjustments from there. Some people really benefit from uh, a meal plan. I found that it works for some of my clients and it doesn't work for all of them. So you definitely have to be more motivated to succeed with a meal plan because it is more structured. But I think it really helps with learning portion size and meal spacing and kind of like what a healthy plate looks like for people that are really starting from scratch or haven't done a lot with um, nutrition or healthy eating or people who never cook at home, that kind of stuff. Uh, Meal plan can really help if they're motivated to to follow through. Otherwise, um, if I have people that are not quite ready for that, we'll start with strategies that look like trying to include more fruits and veggies or making sure that you know you're eating a breakfast in the first place and that your breakfast is something uh, substantial and nutritious those are kind of kind of my main things and what would you say would be like maybe one or two biggest mistakes that you see people make in regards to weight loss or maybe something that they don't understand yeah it like the goes back to those marketing messages um, 
and again the diet culture that we've grown up with so it happens frequently that I have clients who will tell me oh well you know you were telling me that fat's bad I'm like no <laughs> no that is a big one for sure there's no way I've ever said that I'm sure that it scarred into your brain from someone else and many magazine covers and all that kind of stuff but I really do share a lot about balance but there's a lot of work that needs to be done to uh kind of break down the existing misinformation that people think they know about nutrition um, whether it's from bad diets or what they've kind of grown up doing um yeah and then like the, i think um fear of different macronutrients is a big one too um fat definitely a big one but now it's starting to become carbs with like the keto diet that's becoming very popular and just mm -hmm. becoming fearful of food even if it's like a whole food i think that definitely needs to be addressed as well Absolutely. And that's a huge thing that we um, address. It's like an entire module in our online course about the different macronutrients and what good proportions look like for these macronutrients and how, you know, some carbohydrates are much more suited for weight loss and healthy eating than others. So, you know, there are really great whole grains and I mean, veg fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates. Like we, we need these and um, we need it for brain function, which is critical. I don't know how this message hasn't hammered home for enough people, but cutting out your carbohydrates is just going to make you be a zombie. And having been in that situation before, now that I, now that I know better, I never want to go back. Um, yeah, I definitely feel the same. I've definitely been in that situation too, um, just getting into the whole high-fat trend which was just too much. I mean, carbohydrates do have their place in our lives, but I think most of us are choosing the wrong ones, you know? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that is because it's convenient. It's easy. It's available. It doesn't, uh, I mean, like, even if you look at rice, white rice takes 15 minutes to cook and brown rice takes 45 minutes to cook. How many people are looking up recipes that take an hour I don't know that anybody's yeah. looking those up anymore. <laughs> they want 30 we minutes don't have or time less. anymore. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so for you, do you focus on macros or do you recommend calorie counting or macro tracking for weight loss? Cause I know lots of people do kind of do the flexible dieting and do the macro counting. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I have tried it myself before. Um, and I think this can be an area where people do, make mistakes when they go strictly into macro counting or they use a tool like my fitness pal and it gives you a number of calories and it can be in a, it can be in great proportions you know what like i think that there are definitely benefits to macro counting but again it goes back to the diversity in each of those macronutrient categories like you can have great fats and then you can have really not the best choice in fats and same for carbohydrates and mm, I don't know about proteins, maybe proteins too. Um, I'm sure there are, I just, you know, not on the top of my head, but I also found, I find that macro um, tracking can often lead people to feel like they need to consume a ton of protein. And I don't know if this is something that, that you see as well, or it was just my kind of personal experience, but I found it like, 
un, unmanageable as a person that does eat um, all the different foods. Like I'm not a vegetarian. Um, I still found it really impossible to reach um, those protein numbers without choosing a highly processed like protein powder or a protein bar, which again came with comes with a ton of sugar or other things that I don't want to have a lot of in my diet. So I think it can be unattainable for a lot of people in that sense. And people can blow their carbohydrates quickly on, I don't know, a muffin or donuts or something like that when they might not even know that you can have really great healthy carbohydrates like fruits and vegetables. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I do feel you on that. Like I've used it before strategically to kind of see like, okay, maybe kind of figure out like what I need to feel good. Um, mm -hmm. It can be a good tool, but definitely not a long-term thing. I cannot do it, especially with a history of disordered eating. It's just like, <laughs> I don't do well on it at all. So I just do better with like intuitive eating. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of what I preach, but I think it can be a good tool, but I don't really preach about relying on it for like the long-term um, I think it's a lot easier to kind of just focus on your intuition and then obviously, you know, learn, okay, what are kind of healthy proportions? And then you kind of learn like what works for you and when you feel full or not. And I think that's a healthier way to go about it, especially if you have done the restrictive dieting and all of that, that can kind of go down the rabbit hole there and create further yeah. problems. I love intuitive or mindful eating, whatever you want to call it. It is really I think the best um, tool to use going forward in terms of maintenance, like you just know you've, when you feel full, you stop eating. And when you feel hungry, you eat like there's no, totally. there's no starving yourself. There's no stuffing yourself. And it's just giving your body what it needs. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that's the, the best way to figure it out. Um, and for me too, like my days will differ. Like for instance, after, maybe like a, a weight training exercise or like a high intensity exercise, I'll probably need a bit more. Uh, it depends if I'm being active or not, if I'm stressed out, like it's really going to differ. I have no idea how many calories I eat per day, like literally no idea, but I'm not really concerned about it because I feel good and all of that. So yeah, totally. That's definitely that my favorite way to go for sure. Yeah. And that way you're listening to your body, you know what you're doing and there's no, I don't know, I find restrictions often lead to people losing control. So, I mean, mm -hmm. if you feel like you want chocolate, have a piece of chocolate. And, you know, I, I do tell my clients that usually, at least for me, whether I have one piece of chocolate or the whole bar, I don't feel any happier or any more satisfied once I've had the whole bar. Like, I just wanted to taste it and mm -hmm. enjoy a little bit of chocolate. It's not about the the volume that really yeah you never joy. really feel good if you eat the whole pack of anything no. <laughs> <laughs> it's able to eat it like and actually give yourself the permission but yeah intuitive eating is definitely my favorite my favorite way to eat that's definitely something we could talk about forever but what <laughs> would you say are your favorite foods for weight loss uh i mean fruits and vegetables are very like probably mostly vegetables are really close to my heart i think it's because a lot of the clients that I've worked with, when I see their, um, when they write their food journal out for me, I barely see any vegetables. Um, and this is shocking to me because 
that is, they're just such a great source of vitamins, minerals, um, fiber, and, you know, with that fiber comes satiety and happy digestive system. So, uh, probably all the vegetables are my favorite. And I also really like fruits, um, dairy. And I know this isn't super popular among a lot of people, but I often use something like skim milk or 1% milk as, you know, a snack, um, instead of, I just find you can control um, the portions really well. It's got protein, it's got carbohydrates, it's got fat. Um, so I do, I mean, not everybody I work with consumes uh, dairy, which is fine, but I find that it's like, I kind of, it's easy in the sense that it's got all the different macronutrients in it. So it's balanced just in the way that it is. Um, yeah, I'd say those are kind of Kind Whole of foods. Favorite. Oh yeah. No processed foods in there. <laughs> no, no, sorry. And I sometimes Yeah, no, sorry guys. <laughs> forget um who I'm talking to and all those other kind of foods that are out there because I really don't eat them very often. I mean, yeah, sure. I'll enjoy them every once in a while as a treat. Um but, but I find that like, I don't know about you, but since I've gotten on this health journey and I'm like, my diet is pretty good, <laughs> um, obviously as a nutritionist, but awesome. um, once you start eating more whole foods, you actually retrain your taste buds. And like, for me, I just, even if I eat a processed food, like it just doesn't satisfy me. Like I will make something, for instance, if, if I want a treat, I will make it like a healthy treat and I will feel so satisfied. Like I make this really um, healthy cheesecake the other day. Um, mm. Whereas if I have like a processed cheesecake, I'll probably be like, what is this? Or it's way too sweet. Um, so yeah, I think it also changes your taste buds and it just, you just don't want that stuff anymore when you start to get healthy, quote unquote. Yeah. And I mean, I find it so surprising too, like, especially if you're not restricting yourself. The, I think the experience is going to be different if you mm -hmm. never let you yourself have whatever it is. But even when it comes to like a chocolate bar, I love chocolate, but I would probably choose some nice like dark chocolate or um, the other day I made sure that when I bought my chocolate, it had no additives in it. Um, and I would much rather have that than like a Mars bar or something. Like I don't really get any. Yeah, 100%. That rock, even the rock cacao, I'm like, I love it. I just love bitter stuff now. But like before, I would never have eaten that. Like, no way. I used to eat like M&Ms and like Skittles <laughs> and all that. So yeah, it does get easier though. And especially once you kind of get into the habit of eating more whole foods, um, I think it's also healthy to kind of follow an 80-20 rule. Like you can eat yes. that stuff, but your body's going to be able to handle it. Whether, Whereas if you have like an 80-20 rule for like the bad stuff, 80% of the time, your body's not really going to handle it very well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find, I don't know, once you start eating those whole foods and you get into a routine once, like sometimes if I, I go overboard or I go to like Chinese food restaurant, I feel really bad the next day or yeah, even yeah. like a, an hour or two after the meal. And I don't know if the food has changed or it's just like my body's changed. I'm not used to it. Um, 
but it makes it not as appealing, definitely. Yeah, me too. I find that the healthier I get, the more I can't tolerate bad food. <laughs> but I guess it's like my body's just a temple and it feels amazing now. <laughs> no, but it's just, um, it's interesting because, yeah, if I'll eat something, um, especially if I've cut it out for a while and I eat it again, it's like my body's like, oh no, I don't like this. And it lets me know right away, which also makes me not want to eat it. So it is a pretty good reason not to eat it because you just feel like crap. Whether Whereas if you're literally always eating that food, you're not really getting that feedback because it's just a constant, I guess, low-grade inflammation state. And mm -hmm. you don't really know what it feels like to be out of that state. You know what I mean? Exactly. You don't know how good your body can feel. You don't know how much energy you truly have, even though, you know, we're not kids running around anymore. But I feel like I have more energy now than than I did in my early 20s, definitely. Oh, and we definitely can feel that way, like, throughout aging. I think a lot of people just think that, oh, I'm getting old, like, I need to have, like, aches and pains and, like, <laughs> just sit at home all day. But it's really not about that. Like, you actually are designed to feel amazing. And I think a lot of people are missing out on that because of their diet and other factors, um, which is really sad because, I mean, our body is designed to feel good and not just feel like crap all day, you know? So I think yeah. that's really important for us as nutritionists to get that message out there. Um, it is, you are designed to feel good in your body. Absolutely. And healthy eating does not mean just eating plain chicken and lettuce or whatever it is. There yeah, are great, delicious ways to eat healthy on a regular basis that is, you know, attainable for everyone. You don't have to be a nutritionist to eat healthy. Totally. Yeah. It's about finding foods that actually make you feel good, but then actually like nourish you on a deeper level and that actually tastes good. Cause yeah, it's not about having like a plain old salad. Um, I don't think that's sustainable either. So, <laughs> you know, making food enjoyable as well is a big part of it. Super important. So I think we could talk for like 10 hours <laughs> about like nutrition in general, but I'm gonna kind of get into what you're doing. So let us know where we can find you, what you're up to. And if you want to share any, Thing that's going on with you with our listeners yeah absolutely so um i'm megan you can find me on instagram at slim nutrition coach you can also find uh me at west coast nutritionists on instagram my website is slimnutritioncoaching.com and then we also have westcoastnutritionists.com so quite a few different places where you can find us but i want to let you know that um from the West Coast Nutritionists, we are offering a 10% off to all the listeners here. So uh, we'll be creating a coupon code for our Bride Body Blueprint course. So that's for brides who want to lose weight in a healthy way before they get married. And then we also have Eight Weeks to Wellness, which is our course on nutrition for kind of non-brides. Um, and that code is going to be addicted to healthy and that will get you 10% off of both of those courses and that way you can choose to work with uh, any of our three nutritionists that are on board amazing thank you so much for offering that i will put all of the links and everything you said into the show notes so people can find it thank you so much for hopping on today i had a blast talking with you and i think that this is really an important topic to address so thank you so much awesome thank you so much for having me